One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, security and safety are on officials' minds as the state fair begins today. You know, you just do the best you can. Uh, You draw on experience from past years and measure the successes that you've already had. And then you look at the plans that you employed to get those successes. Then, is there unclaimed property out there with your name on it? We'll talk to an official from the State Treasury Department on how you can find out. Later, a health minute from Dr. Rick DeShazo on anxiety and the latest plan to dole out billions of dollars in BP oil spill restoration money. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hundreds of thousands of visitors are expected to visit the Mississippi State Fair, which opens today in Jackson. First and foremost, on the minds of officials and attendees alike, is security at the 12-day event. Last year, budget concerns in Jackson and the state made security outside the gates a concern. A security agreement was reached, however, and remains in place this year. Hines County deputies patrol inside the fair. Jackson Police Chief Lee Vance says city officers will be handling traffic control and patrolling outside the gates again this year. He's urging visitors to take some precautions, like not leaving anything in plain sight in their vehicles. Vance speaks with MPB's Desiree Frazier. I don't really like to get into specifics for strategic reasons, but people can expect to see a large amount of JPD officers down there. Uh, We'll be operating with the blue bar lights. Folks will be able to see us. And of course, Any plan must include some help from those who we seek to protect. You'd be amazed at what we find sometimes down there, windows rolled down, doors left open. So we're asking people, if it's something that you don't need to bring down there, don't bring it down there. Lock your car, roll up the window, uh, walk in groups whenever it's possible. And again, you'll see the blue lights flashing. Don't hesitate to ask one of those officers for assistance if you need it. What area will you be covering at the fair? It's our responsibility to cover the perimeter, the outside. The inside of the fair is done by the State Capitol Police and the Hines County Sheriff's Department. So the perimeter around the fair, you can see, you will see us because uh, we're in charge of making sure everybody gets in and out of there uh, safely. Last year, there were some issues about security, the city budget, your budget, I suppose, and then... Um, getting reimbursed. How did that resolve itself? It's been worked out. Um, our city legal department took the lead on that and got all those issues worked out. And so, again, 
that part's been taken care of. We've got a plan in place, and we're ready to go. So you guys will get paid? Yes. Now we are in a time where you can be in any public place and things out of the ordinary happen, and we're seeing it across the country. How do you prepare for that? You know, you just do the best you can. Uh, You draw on experience from past years and measure the successes that you've already had. And then you look at the plans that you employed to get those successes. So if everything is working well, then there's no need in trying to do much, too much tinkering uh, with your plans. And so far, over recent years, we've had some success or a lot of success down at the fair, keeping everybody safe. And so we're not going to tinker around with that too much. We're confident that we're going to be able to get through this and, and keep everybody safe. I believe that the weather forecast is favorable. And usually when it's sunny and kind of cool, you get a record amount of people down there. So, again, the biggest emphasis is to ask people who are coming to the fair, help us to keep you and your property safe. Do you get nervous around this time because there's so many people coming out? Oh, my God. I'm counting the minutes. And I'm serious. And and this year, the fair actually happens to be in town during the same time that Jackson State University will play Southern University in football. That game usually draws 40,000, 50,000 people, and it's going to be not this Saturday, but the second Saturday that the fair is here. So we'll have the fair going on. Also, we'll have one of the largest football games of the year going on. And guess what? We've got to be in charge of all that. So I am very, very apprehensive. I won't call myself nervous. We're going to work very hard because we've got both hands overflowing. And again, we're asking the citizens to help us keep you and your property safe. MPB's Desiree Frazier with Jackson Police Chief Lee Vance on security at this year's Mississippi State Fair. Rick Reno manages the fair and tells Desiree Frazier ride and food inspections are continuing up until the last minute. Safety is our number one issue here, our number one concern. One thing we do that goes beyond uh, what we're required to do is we bring in an independent safety inspector. They're out on the grounds right now, and they will be there right up until we open. And no ride is allowed to open unless it passes that inspection. Plus, NAME, that's the company that provides the rides, N-A-M-E, they provide their own inspector also. So they're out there together, but we go above that, bring in this private independent inspector who has no alliances with anybody to do a full inspection on all our rides. What do you anticipate in terms of attendance? Well, we've averaged over the last few years a little over 700,000, so I would expect that we should be that. We've looked, a fair manager's main concern after safety and all that is what's the weather going to be like? And looking ahead at the 10-day forecast, it looks like it's going to be really good weather. In fact, some days it's going to barely hit 80. And uh, so we think the attendance could be very high this year. You've had record attendance, right? We had a record attendance in 14, I think, and it was about seven, about 7.30. Another issue is uh, food. What's being done to make sure that that is as it should be and inspected? Uh, the health department's out there right now. Uh, no food vendor can open without having the inspection done by the health department and the validation sticker put on their booth before they can open.
MPB's Desiree Fraser with Rick Reno of the Mississippi State Fair. The fair starts today in Jackson. It runs through Sunday, October 16th. Up next, is there unclaimed property out there with your name on it? We'll talk to an official from the State Treasury Department on how you can find out. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On the next Fresh Air, Bruce Springsteen. We just recorded the interview at his home studio in New Jersey. Springsteen has a new memoir called Born to Run. I come from a boardwalk town where almost everything is tinged with a bit of fraud. So am I. We talked about growing up and the experiences that shaped his life and music. Join us. Today at 3 on MPB Think Radio. Next time on Mississippi Roads, we'll take you to Natchez to celebrate the city's 300th anniversary. We'll start by visiting Emerald Mound, one of the largest Native American mounds in the nation. Then we'll take a look at how the Mississippi River helped the city prosper. Finally, We'll visit some of the antebellum homes with their immaculate designs and troubled histories. I'm Walt Grayson. Join me on the next Mississippi Roads. Thursday night at 7 on MPB-TV. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Each year, Mississippians leave millions of dollars in unclaimed property on the table. Banks, insurance companies, and other businesses return money and property to the state if it has been abandoned for five years. After that, it becomes unclaimed property. The state treasury department is in charge of this. The department will have a booth set up at the state fair so Mississippians can see if there is any property being held in their name. Tony Geiger is unclaimed property director for the treasury department. He tells us the value of some of the unclaimed property runs in the thousands of dollars. We're the custodian for unclaimed money once it's turned over to the state by statute. And once it's turned over to the state, our charge is to return that money to the people. And and we do it. We've automated the system where you can go online at www.treasurerlynfitch.com or you call us because a lot of people don't like to go online. We still want to be friendly to all the people out there that have unclaimed property. They can call us at 601-359-3534, and we will walk them through the process. And one of the we reasons will- we're talking to you today is because you will be at the State Fair as you are every year. And it's one of the most exciting things because – we we get very excited if we find somebody yesterday somebody called and we're gonna find them twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> which it's it's unbelievable. But what makes us most get, brings us most joy is someone that would have three hundred and fifty dollars and they said, We came in and we needed tires or we needed to take this child to a orthodontist appointment and we've just seen different Stories. We just delivered a check to, and we hand delivered it to a lady in a nursing home, and her sister was weeping, uh, her niece was weeping, and they said through that check she is going to be able to get her her, her own nice TV. I, I thought they all probably had TVs, but no, this one did not, and she's going to be able to get her a semi-private room, and that has just changed the quality of her life. So. 
Now you I mentioned uh, you mentioned thousands of dollars in some cases. Where does this money come from? Where does most of the money come from? It, a lot of times it can be utility deposits. Let's say you lived in an apartment in college and you moved away. Of course, your address changed. Well, the company has no way of knowing unless there was a forwarding address, and they still could get, you know, in an area where they couldn't find you. And those are whenever you move into an apartment or somewhere, you pay all kinds of deposits, cable deposits. So it could be lots of those type things, deposits. Now, a lot of times it can be life insurance that people didn't even know they had that a family member took it out for the person but never made them aware of it. Over periods of time, this money never goes away. It's always there for the person. It's never converted to other usage. So we, I tell people all the time, Look on your mother's maiden name. Look for relatives. And it's always holders is what we call people that turn them over money over. After five years of not being able to find the rightful owner, they turn it over to us, and that's all we do is find the rightful is owner. Is there a period of time in which money may stay in the account for, in Mississippi and then it goes somewhere else after after a deadline? Is there a deadline? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. So that money is always being held for that person. Yes, yes. and it will draw interest. And does the person if get paid it, the interest, interest as well? Bear, yes, if it's an interest-bearing account. If it was a stock and the stock changed value, you definitely would get to do that. Now, if it was just a regular, it would not. But, you know, if it's a $450 utility deposit, but the others would draw interest. Now, is the state drawing interest on, I mean, is that money invested somehow or in a savings account or, you know, in CDs? or? Yes, yes. And we have a custodian that takes makes sure that everything is done per state statute. Now, tell us about what happens at the state fair. Somebody comes in to your, you're located yes. in the trademark? Yes, we'll be there. Uh, we're going at 5. It starts today, October 5th, and it will go through October 16th, and we'll be there 11 to 5. We have our computers there. We have our claim forms there, and we will walk you through the process. And then you will take the form and have it notarized. That's another per-state statute, which is good because it's to protect. Everything is done to protect the rightful owner. Now, can and, someone come in and say, I don't know if I have any money. Can you look up my name? Yes. Yes, on the computer, we will do that as they're sitting there, and that's what's so exciting. So you really can get something for nothing. <laughs> well, over our period of time of being at the state fair, and state treasurers have done this prior to our being there, we have identified over $8 million at just at our time at the state fair. Now, since we've been in office, we've returned over $57 million. Holy that's smokes. an economic engine for our state. That money turns. Once we return that money, that is an economic development tool, but Fifty-seven million, and what's, it's a fair over eight million. Tony, what's the largest up. amount that you can remember being discovered uh, at the fair last year and the year before? One guy had one hundred and twenty-five thousand. Oh my goodness! Yes. Tony Geiger is the director of unclaimed property for the state treasurer, Lynn Fitch. And again, unclaimed property, if you think you might have some or you don't know at all, go to the state fair, go to the trademark. Yes. Okay. We'll be at the trademark at the state fair. At the state fair, and uh, and they'll look up your name. Or what's the website again, Tony? The website is treasurerlynnfitch.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you, and you have a great day. Up next, a health minute from Dr. Rick DeShazo on anxiety. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Hey, y'all, I'm Felder Rushing. Ain't it a great day? Now, my truck stands out around town. A garden in the back will do that. You can make your car truck stand out with the new MPB Car Tag. MPB Car Tag. It's a great way to show your support for MPB. Visit mpbonline.org and sign up for yours today. Woohoo! Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. It's a minute about social anxiety disorder, a condition where folks feel anxious in social situations. They can be embarrassed in front of other people, and it can keep folks from doing things they need and want to do. There are different forms of social anxiety. Anxiety at meetings or parties is sometimes called social phobia. Other folks have social anxiety only at certain times, like speaking before an audience. This problem is sometimes called performance anxiety. Unfortunately, folks with social anxiety disorder avoid social activities because they worry about being embarrassed or fear that others will say bad things about them. Some people even have physical symptoms when they have social anxiety. This can include blushing, sweating, tremulousness, a rapid heartbeat, or a fear of looking at other folks. How do you treat social anxiety disorder? There are two treatments. One is called cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, which is talk therapy. There you talk with a psychologist or other counselor about your issues and develop effective coping mechanisms to deal with the anxiety you have. Sometimes medicines are also required, and certain antidepressant medicines are also very effective with anxiety. Sometimes it takes cognitive behavioral therapy and medicines at the same time for severe cases. Folks with social anxiety disorder often have some level of anxiety most of the time. For those folks, anxiety comes and goes and is provoked by stress. The good news is most people can find treatments that are adequate to have a normal life. For more health tips and medical information, listen for Southern Remedy each weekday at 11, where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. On the next Fresh Air, Bruce Springsteen. We just recorded the interview at his home studio in New Jersey. Springsteen has a new memoir called Born to Run. I come from a boardwalk town where almost everything is tinged with a bit of fraud. So am I. We talked about growing up and the experiences that shaped his life and music. Join us. Today at 3 on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
The group overseeing billions in oil spill restoration dollars has an updated plan and wants to hear what the public thinks of it. The Restore Council oversees most of the $6.7 billion in civil penalties paid by BP and others after an explosion on the Deepwater Horizon drilling rig in the Gulf of Mexico in April of 2010. Justin Aaronworth is director of the Restore Council. He tells MPB's Evelina Burnett most of the restoration money will be paid out over the next 15 years. The Restore Council is responsible for 60% of the civil penalties from the BP oil spill. Uh, so BP settled uh, back in uh, April with the government for a total of $5.5 billion. Uh, you add that with the money that uh, Transocean settled for, as long as well as Anadarko, and that's a grand total of $6.7 billion. Uh, so we, the Restore Council, we work with uh, 80% of that, uh, which is about $5.3 billion. And as I mentioned, we're most directly focused on 60% of that $5.3 billion. And what is, this uh, meeting today, this public hearing today, uh, what part of that 60% are you focused on in terms of right now? So today we're focused on getting uh, comments on a draft document we have out. Uh, The Restore Council in our second component, our second bucket as we call it, we are guided by a comprehensive plan. And tonight we'll be talking about a draft update of that comprehensive plan. And what it really does in its draft form is it spells out the strategic direction that the council imagines going uh, over the next 15 to 20 years. Uh, the, the settlement with BP is over a 15-year period, and the first payment is, uh, is due in April of 2017. So this document that we're hoping to get some good feedback on, see what people think, what, what they like, what we, th- what we can improve, it will help guide our activities over the next 15, 20 years. And what are some of the updates that have been made from the initial document? The biggest uh, piece is that now we know how much money we're going to have from BP and how long, uh, uh, how long over a period of time uh, we, will, we will get it. And so the biggest capstone of the draft document is all about collaboration. So we, the Restore Council, aren't alone when it comes to getting money from the, from the uh, Deepwater Horizon oil spill. There's the Natural Resource Damage Assessment, which got $8.1 billion. There's the Criminal Penalties, about $2.5 billion. Uh, so our uh, most important message is about collaborating collaborating with these other funding sources so that we can invest together in projects that are bigger than the sum of their parts. And this plan, will it guide all of that or just a, a portion of that? There's up to, when you total everything up, there's up to about $16 billion available to restore the coast. So while this plan update isn't going to dictate how all that money is spent, the hope is that this plan will help inform the process that everybody who has a stake in this the government people, uh, uh, citizens who are interested in this work, that it will help frame the process that we'll collectively follow over the next 15 years. Other states, I'm sure, have done this too, but Mississippi has also been gathering ideas and has a plan. Um, How will this plan sort of fit in with the state's plans? Well, I really applaud the state of Mississippi and uh, in particular uh, Mississippi DEQ for their leadership and their vision. You know, they're hosting a uh, summit, a restoration summit on November 15th where they're bringing everybody together and we'll talk about what the state of Mississippi plans to do uh, in the short term as well as, uh, as well as moving forward. So I think Mississippi is a, is a real example and leader in the process of collaboration and seeing that the funding streams come together and that something, uh, something bigger than, again, than the sum of its parts uh, is the result. And what are you hoping to hear from people in terms of the feedback? And how much room is there really to influence what the plan will say? 
there's real room to influence what the plan will say. So when we put a document out like this uh, for public comment, uh, we mean it. We want to hear what public what the public has to say. Uh, so we're very interested. I don't know exactly what we'll uh, what we'll hear, but we're eager. Uh, and we're not only eager to hear what people say when they come to the microphone, but we want to read what the comments that we receive in the mail and over email, uh, what people would like to see as a result of this opportunity. You know, the thing we always got to remember is that April 20th, 2010, 11 men lost their lives. That oil spewed for 87 days. It was a, the worst environmental disaster in our nation's history. There's a remarkable opportunity from it, and we need to uh, get this right. So we're looking forward to getting everybody's feedback on how to do that. MPB's Evelina Burnett with Justin Aaronworth of the Restore Council on how oil spill restoration money will be administered. Coming up after Mississippi Edition, it's Fix It 101, Everyday Tech and Southern Remedy. And remember, if you want to catch the show outside the broadcast, just search for Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app and listen whenever you like. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition. It's only on MPB Think Radio. Hey, y'all, I'm Felder Rushing. Ain't it a great day? Now, my truck stands out around town. A garden in the back will do that. You can make your car truck stand out with the new MPB Car Tag. MPB Car Tag. It's a great way to show your support for MPB. Visit mpbonline.org and sign up for yours today. Woohoo! It's Marketplace Tech for Wednesday.